In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Now, the ancient world, they knew a lot about kings, a lot more than we do today. And if kings and queens were still to exist today, they would mostly live and work within a careful construction, constructed framework. They are not absolute monarchs anymore, but constitutional ones. They can bring subtle pressure to bear on politicians. They can let it be known that they would prefer, prefer one course to be followed rather than another. But let them try anything more than subtle pressure and the people start to get restless. Monarchs must now stay within some careful limits. And of course, there are plenty of places in the world where people still rule in an autocratic, dictatorial fashion without any semblance of a democratic consultation. But in the ancient world, this was far more widespread. People knew what kings did. Kings ruled people according to their own wishes and whims. They could promote one person and demote another. They were all powerful. And people knew how kings became kings, too. Often the crown would pass from father to son or to some other close male relative. But from time to time, there would be a revolution. The way to the crown for anyone not directly in the family line was through violence. This was so among the Jews as as much among the pagans. Judas Maccabeus had established his dynasty 200 years before Jesus met Pilate through military revolution against the Syrians, winning for the Jews their independence and for himself and his family a royal status that had not previously aspired to. Now Herod the Great, 30 years before Jesus was born, had defeated the Parthians, the great empire to the east, and Roman graduate had allowed him to become king of the Jews though he too had no appropriate background or pedigree. But today we know there is only one true king in Jesus Christ and today we celebrate him in Christ the King Sunday. Now in today's gospel see if I can get this to work today oh, helps if I turn it on <laughs> There we go. So in today's gospel, we heard about Jesus being questioned by Pilate if he was the king of the Jews. Now, Jesus did not directly answer Pilate, and the whole interaction kind of seemed like an interview with a politician. The interviewer asked questions, and the politician would speak for quite some time and say a lot of words, but never really answer the question. They would dance around the question, never really answering and frustrating each other. But the one slight difference and Jesus' answers was that he actually did answer the questions, but Pilate's heart was so hardened that he could not understand what Jesus was really telling him. If we look at verse 38, Pilate asks him a question that seems to be much debated in today's world. What is truth? Now, in today's culture, everybody wants us to believe that the truth is relative. It's different for everybody. There's no absolute truth in this world. And it's whatever you feel like or whatever you want it to be at that given moment. But we know that is different. 
we know that Jesus came to bear witness to the truth. And we as Christians know that Jesus is the King of Kings. And when it comes to Jesus, the truth is absolute. The truth is that Jesus came into the world and took on our sins and died on the cross for us. The truth is that he rose from the dead and ascended into heaven. And he will come again, as we heard in Revelation to St. John in verse 7. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. All tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so, amen. I want to dive into the reading in Revelation today. Because John packed so much into four short verses. In fact, in one, just one short verse, he sums up some wonderful truths about Jesus. If we look at verse 5, <clears throat> the first term he used to describe Jesus is a faithful witness. And a witness can be defined as an attest attestation to a fact or an event, a public affirmation by a word or example, usually religious of religious faith or conviction. And that's what exactly Jesus' ministry was all about, to be a faithful witness to the revealed will of God, who has now spoken through Jesus. We can trust what he spoke is true, because we know that Jesus cannot be deceived, nor would he ever deceive us. We can rely on his testimony. In fact, that is one of the main themes in John's gospel, that Jesus was a witness to the truth of God. In John 3.11, Jesus said to Nicodemus, Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen. And in today's gospel, we heard Jesus reply to Pilate, For this purpose I was born, and this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. So we know what we have heard and what we read in scriptures is true. It's not relative or something to be taken lightly or changes as the world changes. And another truth that John tells us about Jesus in verse 5 is that he was the firstborn of the dead. One commentator wrote it in another way. He said, Jesus is the first parent and head of the resurrection. The only one who raised himself by his own power and who will by the same power raise up his people from their graves to everlasting honor. For he has begotten them again to a lively hope by his resurrection from the dead. And what a wonderful truth that is and the wonderful hope we have in him. Just think how difficult and actually miserable life would be without that hope which may explain partly why the world is more and more hostile every single day. Because that wor the world that we live in is in need of that hope. And Jesus is the only one who can offer that hope. And now as Christians, we are called, or better yet, it's actually our duty to share that hope with the world. But that means we need to be taking the gospel into the world. We need to be a light in the dark world. So as we celebrate Christ the King Sunday, and it's the end of the church year, and as we prepare in Advent to celebrate the birth 
of our Lord and Savior, what are we going to do to share that hope we have in Jesus with others? I know this time of year, everyone's schedule starts to fill up with the busyness of the season, but we must remember there are so many of our neighbors, friends, or even family that do not love or know the love and hope of Jesus. So spend some time in prayer and let God guide you on how you can spread that wonderful hope that we have in Jesus. Now the last one more truth here that John writes about in verse 5 about Jesus is he's the ruler of kings on earth. Now if we look back to Psalm 89 in verse 27, it says, I will make him the firstborn, the highest of the kings on earth. One author very beautifully points out the connection between this title of Jesus, the rule of kings on earth, and the temptation account that marks the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Now, both Matthew and Luke's gospel provide this account, and if you recall, that the devil took Jesus up into a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the earth and the glory in their glory, and said, All this I will give to you if you will fall down and worship me. It was the devil's claim that the kingdoms of the earth were delivered into his power. And it was the devil's suggestion that if Jesus would strike a bargain with him, he would give him a share in all the kingdoms of the earth. The amazing thing is, what the devil promised Jesus, and could never have given him, Jesus won for himself by the suffering of the cross and the power of the resurrection. He did not compromise with the devil, but the unswerving loyalty and the unfailing love which he accepted, the cross brought Jesus his universal lordship. The kings and rulers of the world have no power over Jesus, but just like all of us, we are accountable to Jesus. But by Jesus coming into the world and shedding his blood for us, he has made us a kingdom. In verse 5 and 6, John writes, To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom, priest to his God and Father, and to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Now in shedding of his blood, Jesus removed the stain of sin on our souls because it was only the blood of Jesus that could wash away that stain and taken away the sting of death. And by his work on the cross, we, are now, we now have eternal life in him. Now in verse 7, John tells of the coming glory of Jesus. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him. What John's referring to is the second coming of Jesus. And the book of Revelation actually begins and ends with the prediction of the second coming. And we know that this is not just a prediction, but we know it is to be the truth. And we say it every Sunday when we say Christ has died, Christ has risen, and Christ will come again. How comforting is that truth? For John, this is interesting and significant. John was living in a time when to be a Christian was desperately difficult. 
He himself had experienced banishment, imprisonment, and hard labor. There were so many who met their death in the most gruesome and cruelest ways. And for John, the best way to maintain courage and hope in such a situation was to remember that God had never failed in the past and that his power had not grown less now. And that is something we can all relate to in today's world. Granted, the times are not quite as difficult for us as they were for John, but if we do not continue to spread that gospel, or the gospel in the love of God, the world can easily become as dangerous for Christians as it was for John. And actually, in some places in the world, it is already a dangerous place for Christians. But we, as Christians, know the truth. And we have the comfort and hope that can only, we can only have through Jesus Christ. And since we have that honor of knowing the truth, we also have a big responsibility. As the old saying goes, with great power comes great responsibility. And as Christians, we have that responsibility to share the truth, the hope, and the peace of Jesus with others. And if we truly accept and made Jesus the king of our hearts, it should be our desire to share that hope with others. And our lives should be so transformed by the love of Jesus that we desire to share with others. And when our lives are reoriented and our hearts are transformed, we will have the confidence to share in the way that we have never imagined before. If we truly have made Jesus the center of our lives, we will be changed. However, we, will face, we may face challenges also. They may not be as difficult as it was for John. However, they may seem just as difficult. And when things seem to get difficult, remember the promise we have of Jesus coming again and what a great comfort that is. And the promise we will, that promise will feed our souls. So take comfort in the great hope that we see in Christ the King. In, sorry. So take comfort in that great hope that we will see Christ the King face to face, either in this life or the next. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>